Welcome everybody, Good Life Housing Partners, episode 77. It is Monday, March 14th, uh, officially or unofficially known as National Pie Day. Not for eating pie, but 3.14 is oh, the same as Matthew. Yes, yeah, yes, you are. I can see you. I can see where your mind <laughs> is drifting mind off. <laughs> yes, I can see that. I can see your mind and stomach just drifting <laughs> off there. Now, this is National Pie Day, and we are coming to you with a special episode. Well, I guess all our episodes are special, but this one is going to be on cash on cash return and how that is calculated and why it is important. And before we get there, David, any opening comments, my friend? Anything you're seeing no, out there? Just, anything just, to just, talk about? Just March continues to you know move forward in terms of our, in our industry. Deals are deals are happening. A lot of deals going out to market. People are hungry for deals. A lot of competition out there. Um, had dinner with a, a friend on the lending side, and he was just telling me how. You know, this is so competitive it is now for him as a lender and how they're lending on deals where maybe they shouldn't be lending on, but they're still doing it because there's such demand. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. Such yeah. demands. He even talked to his boss about it. And his boss told him, just do the deal. <laughs> do the damn deal. Because someone else will do it anyway if we don't do it. And so uh, just to give you a, a sense of how uh, active or aggressive people are being yes, right now in, indeed, in the market, indeed. which some we're seeing too. And we also, this is the uh, this is the opening week of March Madness. Yes, so March this, Madness, which, uh, which I will The tournament to. is upon us, yes. both men and women's tournament. And we actually are running our own little GLHP in, in office tourney, see if, how people show up on that. So uh, without further ado, let, let's get a little bit into cash on cash return. So you want to give the definition, sure. David? So cash on cash return is uh, another metric in real estate. And it's basically the measure of profitability of a real estate investment. Um, basically, it's an estimate of the potential profits that a deal can make, a real estate deal can make. And so it's a term we use all the time and we a metric we use when we analyze deals. The technical formula is it's the annual before tax cash flow of an investment um, divided by the total cash invested. And uh, just to be even a little more specific, annual before tax cash flow is annual net operating income, which is something we talked about a few podcasts ago. So it's the net operating income. But then, as, as you know from prior podcasts, net operating income is before your debt service and your mortgage costs. And so, um, so your annual before tax cash flow is actually the NOI uh, minus the uh, mortgage costs that you have and your debt service costs. So your real annual cash flow, what you're really getting from the uh, on a cash flow basis um, from an investment divided by your total cash invested. And so what is total cash invested? Total cash invested is the money that you basically put into the deal. And so that would be your initial payment, down payment when you're trying to buy a project, and then all your closing costs and, and uh, other costs to, to close, and then your rehab costs. And so basically you're measuring basically on an annual basis what you're getting almost like a dividend, um, like a dividend uh, from, the, from the property yep. um, divided by your total costs. And so uh, when we say before tax, just to clarify, it doesn't mean you don't take out property taxes, which every property has to pay. It just means before your own tax um, factors because obviously every investor is different. So so cash on cash basically is you know another word people use is they call it the cash yield or the equity dividend rate. And so the higher the cash on cash yield, the more profit you're making on the dollars you've invested into, into a deal as a percentage. Um, but I guess it also means and sometimes that there could be higher risks involved too. Yeah. I, I think one thing to, to point out is that we're at a stage in the market where a couple of things have happened. One is the, the economy, and we're going to get to that later, has really been stimulated 
a lot in the last few years. And all that money is still very much out there. And whether it's a sea of money or the wall, wall of money, money or whatever gets you, you know, whatever allows you to picture this, it's all out there and it's causing a lot of inflation. And so today to find deals that actually generate real cash on cash returns, like above like four, five, six, seven, eight percent, it is challenging on this front end because everything is rapidly rising. And we're not sure to where that's kind of all going. We eventually the rising has to I think stop. But for at least for the foreseeable future, it's gonna continue for a while. Yeah. And just to be clear, the cash to cash return on a stable asset is not gonna be very high because that's pretty yeah. It's, it, you know, there's very little risk, and the market is is pretty efficient, as you mentioned. There's a wall of money or some kind of wave no. of money looking <laughs> looking for investments, and that that'll, you know, the market's fairly efficient. It'll find those safe, you know, yeah, you know, the I guess in, in the equivalent in stocks is you buy the dividend yielding stocks, yeah. and so there's not going to be a lot of high dividend yielding <laughs> real estate out there. No. The only way to generate cash really these days is to is to you know buy something that has some level of distress in some way. Or, or right. there's something that you can be fixed or tweaked or, or repositioned, repositioned right. in some way that you can then generate a lot of cash flow from. Right. And otherwise, you know, it used to be if we went back, like just even, you know, let's say before the last recession in 2008, cash on cash, while it's still a very important metric, there used to be a much higher cash on cash yield. Correct. In yeah. general. Yes. yes. Like it was just it's a lot easier to find. It was easier to find 15, 20 years ago. And in fact, there was there was also and this is where we got a lot of our start was we were always looking for the cash on cash because that was the most important thing, especially especially in markets that we were going to have to be longer in. Like or, or even we just didn't know what the what we were much less today. We're much more focused on what the exit pricing is than the, what the cash on cash yield is. Yeah, your average cash and cash may be still be high though. Might be still okay, Decent, but but yeah. but now we we're much more focused on where are we getting deals where we're buying it for one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a unit and we're going to exit it for one seventy five thousand a unit. That's a much bigger return overall than any cash and cash we're going to generate on that unit. Correct, correct. And that's really become, yeah. I think this is more or less the way most modern sophisticated investors are looking at value add housing in general. Correct. They'll look at the cash on cash. Yeah. They will. It's not, it, it, it's it's not, not something you ignore. That. It's, it's, again, it's like one of the other metrics, like uh, all right. the other metrics that we've talked about on prior podcasts. You look at it. It's a, it's a measure of this prof potential right. profitability. It incorporates concepts that we've talked about, net operating income, and also looking at your debt service. So you take it into account how much risk you're taking from a loan standpoint. Right. And, and so it factors all that and gives you a number. Obviously, you don't ideally want a cash on cash that's zero <laughs> right <laughs> or that negative. would be painful or negative but but you but you know to expect a 10 percent cash on cash return is is pretty, also pretty impossible yes. in today's world well it could be possible it's but the you're gonna the, the, the risk you're gonna have to get to get that 10 percent yield it's pretty, or cash pretty high, cash. Yeah. it's gonna you're gonna be buying something that probably has much larger issues as well yeah, that you're gonna have a to huge vacancy. Vacancy, or, or you maybe you know what you could probably get it. You could probably find like B and C office mm -hmm. where you can where you might be able to get some of these returns. Yeah, I, I, we're not really today. looking there, but I yeah. I could see that where you have a, a, a office building, poorly located, older building, and you have some tenancy, and because it has some tenancy, they're going to sell that at like a a ten percent cash yield, but 
the tendency is probably on its way out. Yeah. On some level. Yeah. Or like you got to be extremely comfortable your right. ability to retenant and, and retenant and, 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 and re off it. Get I that mean, income up. And so it's there's, tough. there's the risk. It's tough. I think that that's a very challenging one. Like it's, it's, uh, it's not quite as clear. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in today's world of where we're still, you know, trying to figure out where we are with hybrid work. Well, yeah. And, what and well, the return what of this office. all really means. And <laughs> when, what and how <laughs> amenitized or, or new updated, you know, office buildings with HVAC systems have to be now for yeah. the future. So yeah. that's so that's a that's a riskier proposition. <laughs> it is, and, and and it's it's actually really just challenging because you just don't. So that that's where you're getting paid for the risk, yeah. right? That's where you're you're getting real. You're going to be you know you'll get a return. If you, you get a real if you, return. If you get it right. If you're willing to take the risk, you take this heavy risk. But you also could you know <laughs> could go the other. You way. could go the other way, and you have an empty building. Something yeah. you're paying out of pocket, and and things get really challenging very quickly. Yeah. Um, so, but, but but I think overall, this is still an important metric on how you assess and analyze deals. And it's not that it's less important today, it's just harder to get meaningful cash on cash, at least returns in early years of deals. And so Correct. for guys like us, that are tend to be three to five year holds on most of our projects, we're not really that concerned where the cash on cash is yeah. gonna be. Because again, for us, when we look at it, we're, we're typically doing some sort of renovation. And in, in any kind of renovation of, of real estate asset, you're going to have tenants move out. And you have to have vacancy in order to renovate. And so cash flow will dip. But then the thesis is that when the renovation is completed, we're, we're comfortable that we're creating a product that can now generate a higher rent. And so a higher cash yield later on. So your cash and cash return will grow over the course of our investment. And then averaged out, it'll, you know, be, I think so we generally got about a 5% cash yeah. cash return typically on our deals. And so, and so, but to you know, hit seven percent straight throughout average throughout investment, that's not yeah, that's, that's not a value likely. add. Yeah, that's less likely. That's less yeah, realistic for a value add deal. For value add investors like us, if we're getting that much of a yield walking in, that means we're either taking we're getting an outsized return because there's some really outsized risk that we're yeah. taking, like an office building that might not be very well situated for a future work from home society or whatever it is, whatever you think of that world. Or there's probably not a whole lot for us to do. And for whatever reason, it, the assets being sold at yeah, would there's be some a discount higher, there. or just some there's mismatch. Just there's, some yeah, something's been dislocated. Yeah, something's been dislocated. There's some kind of mismatch and, and we're just or it's the unicorn. We just found yeah. this great. Or you just steal. got lucky and you know, maybe because you, know, you could move fast buy. the capital, yeah, right. we can buy quickly. But in general you're not gonna find that in the deals that we look at. And then and just another point, we will get to higher cash on cash yields, but they generally are gonna take at l they're gonna be after the first 24 Four months, months yeah, two years you know 30 months because it takes it's going to take us a couple of years to go through that renovation plan yes um, so I think that's important to note that we it's not that we don't we don't this metric is not important to us it just doesn't happen to a, our deals until later on in yeah. the cycle and it's not and the guiding then, metric yeah it's not a guiding metric it's exactly that's the best way of putting it it's just not a guiding metric for us but it is I've seen a lot of investors it is very important especially when you're looking at Let's go away from office now, but other types of maybe less, um, you know, I've seen I've seen folks achieve this at like storage, yeah, or like mobile home parks, things that things that are probably a little bit more can be a little more cash intensive, mm -hmm. a little less investment grade or institutional grade, um, smaller assets, smaller assets, yeah, definitely smaller uh, assets. You know what? Actually, I've seen it too. The other places, I'm and I don't know this for sure, but uh, 
the STR environment, the short-term rental. Mm -hmm. I've seen people achieve these types of You mean the built-to-rent type? No, short-term rental, where you're like renting for Airbnb and stuff. Oh. Where it's a much more intensive. Yeah, yeah. Or in hotels. I've seen hotels. Hotels, I guess. I've seen, I've seen that, that cap rate is still a seven, and you can get to a ten. Yeah. A se you know, six to seven cap rate, and you can get to a nine, ten cash and cash yield. But when the economy dips... Those hotel rentals can get, really yeah, change. Or you have something unusual like a, like a pandemic. Like a pandemic, <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that's a, that's a good um, take on a good overview of cash on cash and why it's important. And specifically, I guess, how we are, look at cash on cash and as, as value investors, it's an important metric. But usually for us, it's going to happen later in our deal cycles mm -hmm. because the first few years are going to be spent repositioning and renovating and doing all the things we do to an asset to make it stand out and achieve higher rental rates and then hopefully outsized returns so i know you had some interesting numbers i i have a, I have a couple myself so, so let's start so with first you. we talked about um, rising rents in the past so um, sure enough the cpi numbers came in the consumer price index um, rose by 7.9 percent in february which is the fastest uh, uh, increase in annual inflation year over year in 40 years so another new 40-year high um, and again, is led by rising food and, and other costs and rent costs now. Um, and then also, you know, since this measured February, this was there was the beginning of the start of rising gas prices, which is definitely if you drive in California, you've noticed that. Yeah, you felt it. You, feel, you have felt the gas rising prices. Yes, you've um, definitely felt it. And so this is expected, obviously, to and you know increase over the next you know March will be probably a higher number because as that's the war in Ukraine dra continues to drag out. It's now caused the uh, economists now to expect inflation is going to get up to 8.3% uh, uh, in, in March. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I, th I think that, the, the, you know, the other side of that, too, is there's certain places that are, are having real inflation happen, and it's, and it's really startling to the public. And the, the easiest one is, like, gas, because you see it all the time. You know, you're filling, you know, if, yeah. you, if you have a car, you're yeah. going to fill you get, it up. You get annoyed. And you're, you you're going to say, that used to cost me X, and now it's costing me yes. Y. Yes. And Y is substantially more than it was, like, uh, maybe just a month ago. Just a month ago. Just a month <laughs> and, ago. Or even, like, a year ago. It's much more. And so that's a very painful one, and, and you're like, there's a constant reminder of that, which is hard for consumers. The, the, much, the, the one that's harder, but is also, like, is, is like where in our world is rent. Yeah. Rent is moving very quickly right now. Yeah. To the point where we, when we're underwriting deals, we're almost having to just like take new approaches to the underwriting. Yeah. Where we're trending out the, you know, the, what would it, what would it, the deal be if all the apartments were yeah. at like the new rent? What would it look like then? Because that's, that's not, while that's conceivable, it's going to happen much quicker now than it did maybe in the past. Yeah, in the past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, and I think that it also goes back to the old saying about why real estate was a good hedge against inflation because, because of these rising rents. Yeah. And it's, it's now being demonstrated with, with where we are with inflation. Yeah, very so, quickly. So, so there is some opportunity there, which so, sort of chicken and egg, and it feeds upon itself. And then that tidal wave or wall of money <laughs> is going to continue to say, hey, I want that inflation hedge. Yeah. You know, gas prices, commodity prices going up. And you also maybe the nervousness in what's happening in Europe. So, you know, U.S. is considered the safe haven. And so it's just going to drive more people into the U.S. real estate market. Yeah, and again, I agree. You know, they look at the basic food groups and apartments and residential is, 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 is one of the key ones. Yeah, I, th I think you're, you're, you're very correct on this. That this is what's going to happen over time. We're going to see 
even more money coming into hard assets or, or assets that are real um, inflation hedge stores of value, mm -hmm. like even crypto coin or Bitcoin or whatever you can, wherever you can put money and feel like it's safely going to be there. Yeah. Some, Some kind of asset collateral. Yeah, yeah. beyond like a market change or you know, further inflation, it'll continue to con rise with the, with the economy. Sure. What, you, what uh, about you? What number are you thinking? You know, I know funny numbers. So like a month ago, uh, Caleb Williams, is a, it was the Oklahoma quarterback, and he transferred to USC. And part of that deal was how this guy was going to get this um, an NIL deal, which is a name, image, likeness. So he didn't come just for he, the coach. He, well, well the, the, <laughs> it was rumored that he was going to get these substantial NIL deals. And, you know, being in Los Angeles, you're, you know, you're privy to a lot of industry and stuff. And so a few weeks ago, it came out that he got basically $2.5 million from – Beats by Dre, oh, Beats the pretty, Apple yeah, company, right? Pretty, yeah. And then you got two and a half million dollars from a, a real estate uh, mm -hmm. company in Beverly Hills to do what I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so you got five million bucks, and, and he's not really dollars. like he's probably going to be the starting quarterback, but he's still you know he's not it yet. Is he but a sophomore? He's a sophomore. He'll be a sophomore. Oh wow! So he's like nineteen mm -hmm. or twenty, and you know his face five is million bucks. <laughs> yeah, five million bucks. His face is pretty like you know you're gonna you may or may not recognize it, but I, I assume by like this time next year you'll have some recognition of, of it is, yeah, yeah you know kind of who he is and then over the weekend as we get into march madness he gave the whole basketball team all their own beats by dre headphones so oh, it's like that's you know, it's like 12 guys on the team plus he got the equipment it's guy it's like 20 people yeah, yeah. it's like 20 people that he's just handing out you know little caleb Williams beats by dre headphones or whatever it is i don't know but it shows you like how much this power has changed in athletics and specific collegiate athletics yeah. where it's like supposed to be amateur and not get paid and now suddenly this guy's you know he's got at least five million bucks and that's just the beginning this is the beginning i mean he plays well you get more oh he plays well, more, oh, he gets plays more. <laughs> i mean you know he's got a year amazing. here at least if not two and then yeah i mean who knows and so i was oh. like you know it's really shows you how much things have shifted to where now that like now that everything is like seen and spoken about it, there's actually another inflation that sort of happens that once you start talking about what the salary is or what the payment is, yeah, it's, it's it naturally almost more. inflates yeah. faster. Yeah, it's like, gonna accelerate. Yeah, like even like last week, uh, you know, this Russell Wilson got traded from the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks mm. to the Broncos, and in that trade, part of the thing is the Broncos are for sale, yeah. and the Broncos they think are gonna get somewhere between like four and five billion dollars for that oh, wow. franchise oh, because because of. Uh, well, well, now, now that, they that he's, him, they could, they well, would probably get more about. And now it's probably gonna be more. I mean, mm -hmm. theoretically, he might he might have just upped it at like another five ten percent. Oh yeah. Which you know, on on five million bucks, that's that's, that's not chump change. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah, significant yeah. That's money. Pretty, yeah, so that's wor that's worth it. Basically. That's worth it, right? Yeah, like yeah. you know, so so it's interesting how these things have become like very public and very spoken about, so that almost it, it, you can raise them faster. Um, yeah. So maybe we should advertise our rents more or something. Yeah. Uh, all right. You got uh, any content? Uh, no, uh, the only I saw a uh, uh, Netflix series. There's the first two episodes in from the cold about this uh, suburban mom who was a sleeper Soviet spy who was uh, discovered by the CIA and reactivated on some missions. And uh, just you know, with all that's going on, where Ukraine started making me thinking about sleeper Soviet spies in the U.S. <laughs> and all that. So it's a little harken back to the cold Cold War days. The Cold War, indeed. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, I watched, uh, there's there's a show that I've been watching on and off called Good Girls on, I don't know what show it's on, but it comes on Netflix and it's come out with its fourth season and it's basically stars. Wait, a, fourth season? Yeah, fourth, fourth season. season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It stars uh, Christina Hendricks, the, ga the the redhead from Mad Men, the secretary. Okay. She's like the, 
and it's these three suburban moms that basically are just like have like figured out how to launder money and for for like the drug cartel for the drug cartel okay. yeah for like a drug cartel yeah essentially that oh, it's like funny. it's like ozarks but with a much say, more like, like suburban goofy part to it like okay. it's way goofier ozarks has like a lot of a like serious. seediness and yeah much more serious this is more goofy uh, although they are doing some pretty you know crazy things around laundering money so it's it's a fun good show it's a good show it's a it's more comedy than ozark so uh any upgrades Sounds for you up. Uh, no, no upgrades this week. I you think got the just, haircut last just a haircut week. last week. Yeah. Did the gym. Did the but, gym. But, yeah. Uh, still, still, still half yeah. masked. Yeah. And, and uh, half people yeah. don't wear masks gym, in the gym. gym yeah. 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 That's true. Oh, well, the only place where masks are really, really like required now are definitely Ubers. People are more serious about it in the Ubers. Oh, here in LA. Right. I know. The last few times people made me wear it. Um, my upgrade was I got a new toothbrush oh, and toothbrush, it, it's, okay. it's the, uh, the Panasonic, um, the the uh, what's it called the like Sonicare the Sonicare okay but it's that plus a water pick and so through the toothbrush oh. there's like a water pick so as you're brushing your teeth you can turn on the water pick and like you get wait is it connected how's it yeah. how does it get water or is it, it's, it's connected it's connected to the, to the tube oh, okay. and you fill this thing with water and and and, and here's a pro tip I fill it with warm water because like that way it's less it's more gentle on your yeah, gums, gums and teeth. Yeah. As, as you get older, yeah. these things are important. Okay, okay. And so uh, it's, it's like basically cleans your like mouth and you brush your mouth, teeth at the same time. And so, like, okay. so it's like time saved. It's time saved. Time less, saved. Less time visits. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, that's us for this week. Uh, thank you very much. We'll be back with another episode late next week as I'll be in Dallas uh, for most of the week. But we'll definitely come back. Looking forward to discussing further what, we, what I find out there in sure. uh, next week's episode. Any last words? And I'll give you the uh, uh, latest update from the Vegas March Madness. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, you're off to Vegas this weekend. That's so, right. That's uh, right. Be safe, everyone. Be, be safe. Well. Thank you, folks.